Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome back, everybody. Another episode of One Man's Opinion, the podcast that continues to sweep the nation. And we are here every single week, wherever you find your favorite podcast. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, uh, finding it, listening in to the program, however you've chosen to do so. I do appreciate it. My name is, of course, is Jeff Mans. You find my work on Sirius XM's Fantasy Sports Radio. I host the Elite Sports Show every weekday afternoon, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. Also, the Sunday morning Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show with Bob Harris from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday mornings. You find me over at fantasyguru.com, elitefantasy.com, elitesportsbetting.com, at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, all one word, on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. A lot to cover today. Um, It's the holiday season, ladies and gentlemen. It is uh, my favorite time of the year, only time that I'm truly happy. I I really am starting to see that i'm i'm just a sucker for the holidays i love it it's always been special time so i'm going to talk a little holiday cheer for you on this show yes some of you roll your eyes that's fine plenty of fantasy football talk though i i here's what we're doing it's episode 96 and the, the covid there's over 100 players on covid as i'm recording this in the national football league so <laughs> I'd, I'm not going to spend a ton of time going through things that by the time I hit the unrecord button or stop record button here could be completely changed. I will give you my starts and sits for week 15 in fantasy football. Those of you in the playoffs, congratulations. Number one, we know how to, we know how to close, man. That's what we do at elite. We are winners, like actual winning players, our entire staff is made up of them. You may not like my nasally drone. You may not like uh, my bombastic attitude. But the fact of the matter is I know how to close. I know how to win championships. I've done it for years and for decades now. I've done it in DFS. So we're doing it in sports betting. And that's just how we roll. So we've got what it takes to help you out. I strongly encourage getting over to the websites and in, specifically in our Discord, either on Fantasy Guru or EliteFantasy.com because that's – Those chats are where all the intricacies are spilled. That's where we can dive into your particular situations and you want this or that, this player versus that player. We could react in real time to all the news and all all that. The problem right now with the news cycle is, for one, everyone's chicken shit afraid of reporting anything because, God forbid, old takes exposed uh, retweets you or some bullshit. You're so scared of that there's no such thing as beat reporters anymore everybody's paid off by the organizations every organization runs whatever media outlet is covering them um that's pathetic so there's no real true inside source that while the ones there are are adam schefter jay glazer and if you're really desperate i guess ian rapaport tom pelissero uh jason la california i mean those are i guess that's it they're you have to be real close to those guys in order to have any kind of access to information, real information. So with all the COVID stuff going on right now, Cleveland Browns are in disarray with Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry and Wyatt Teller and Jedrick Wills, their offensive lineman, Austin Hooper. Everybody is, uh, is out for the Cleveland Browns. And Oh, by the way, they got a Saturday afternoon game against the Las Vegas Raiders. So, you know, that's going on. Um, we'll go through it. We'll do our starts and sits. I've got my favorite survivor team uh, still in it. survivor. Can you believe how the, I'm stunned that it's just me and this one other dude, the only survivor contest I'm in just two of us. And I've offered to chop it each of the last four weeks. And this asshole, he's one of those guys who will beat you. I'm going to beat you. He's like, no man. Uh, and the more we get into it, I'm noticing this week, I got a pretty decent option available. I'll disclose that later. And this guy's got nobody. So I guarantee you, mark my words, tomorrow or next, uh, next week's episode, 
if I get in to talk, I need to re- be reminded to talk about this because I bet you dimes to donuts, this son of a bitch is going to chop or agree to chop. And I'll do it just because I want this out of my life. Like I'm done with it. I'll take my, I think 450. And I think we'd get, yeah, we'll get 500 a piece. I'll, I'll take my, my 500 bucks and move on with my life. Like that's, <laughs> I'll just take that instead of having to win whatever, $250 more. Um, I'll just rather chop it and not take any chances, but I'll do survivor. My best bet of the week, my upset of the week, as we always do had another winning week over elite sports betting.com. Of course we did the whole, a very lot of betting on the show, this program last week, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. I've had a lot of questions following up with that, both in our elite sports betting discord. Um, and even on Sirius XM show, people asking about that, um, was what did I go seven and four on the uh I did 11 bets I added one on Sunday morning so seven and four and my bets there this past week and then on Monday I went three and one so was that 10 and five so 10 and five on the week hell yeah baby that's what that's what we do we just we just keep winning keep winning keep winning keep winning keep winning all right so uh, my bets will be out there Thursday afternoon for the Chiefs and Chargers game. Looks like Austin Eckler is going to play. Mike Williams will play. Keenan Allen's going to play. But Rashawn Slater, their left tackle, is out as of this. Chris Jones, big defensive loss for Kansas City as well. Good news for Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert, and the gang. So we'll get into that as well. Um, So we'll do plenty of fantasy football talk. As always, I've got some review of week number 14. To pass along, I actually I want to talk about something I haven't been able to discuss anywhere else, and it just run out of time everywhere. I got to talk about Urban Meyer. I haven't given my thoughts on Urban Meyer this week after some of the stuff that's come out. There's a story circulating as we speak about Josh Lambeau, the former kicker of the Jacksonville Jaguars, claims that uh, Urban Meyer went out and uh, kicked him, actually kicked him uh, and said, uh, I I love this exchange. Supposedly, you know, kicked him, said, make your fucking kicks and kicked him in the leg. And then when Lambo said, don't you, don't you ever fucking kick me again. And then Urban Meyer says, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever I want. Like that to me, if this report is true, it sounds like Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer's the guy. He is what you don't want anybody in life to be. He just, he is a, he can talk to kids. College coaches have no power whatsoever. They just don't have much power. Now, I'm sorry. Yeah. College athletes. I'm at college athletes have no power. I don't know why I said coaches. The athletes have no power, but you're starting to get some now. And we're seeing that with this, uh, uh, Barstool, I don't know if you guys saw that, but the guy, uh, Deion Sanders, recruited one of the top cornerbacks over to his um, um, school where he's coaching uh, with Jackson State, I believe, is where Deion Sanders is coaching. Uh, Barstool has a lot to do with that. I I don't know if they're paying him directly. I, I, I don't know how any of this is really legal, but you know, got one of the top recruits in the world to flip to Jackson state somehow. So uh, we're seeing some of the power be taken back. A guy like urban Meyer is not used to that. He's used to being able to kick a player, push a player. He does whatever he wants. He's been the big man on campus for years. And, and quite honestly, it's to me, it's the most pathetic. It really is the most pathetic um, of human behavior that you have, you feel like you're a king because you pick on those less fortunate or with less power or less in uh, less money, less social class, whatever you want to say, that is pathetic to me. And that's what Urban Meyer really is. He's fucking terrible as a football coach. I mean, he's terrible. I wrote this up in my draft guide at fantasyguru.com over the preseason. I went in there. I said, okay, I don't know how this is going to go down with Jacksonville, but it didn't make any sense at all to me that Urban Meyer brings in Daryl Bevel 
and Joe Cullen as his offense and defense coordinator just didn't doesn't make sense to me. Like, what do you run a West Coast offense when you're spread teacher? I just doesn't. What are you going to do here? And I said, okay, well, one of these one of these uh, philosophies has to win out. Nope. None, neither did. They don't, aren't playing a, a, a spread offense. They're not playing a West Coast offense. I can't even tell you what kind of offense this is because it sort of changes. But I guess it's more West Coast than it is anything else. It, it doesn't seem like there's anybody really interested. They're just calling plays. And there's no change in game changes. There's no refining things there. You know how, like you've seen, um, you saw CD lamb last week, take on the Debo Samuel role. And, and you see shit like that. It's a copycat league. Remember when Ronnie Brown ran the wildcat in Miami and then, you know, a couple of weeks later, half the league's running some version of the wildcat. Jacksonville doesn't do any of that. Now they did do use Chanel back there. And they used it two weeks ago, and then they didn't do it at all this week, which is stunning to me. I don't know how you don't use LaVisca Chenault at all. And then the James Robinson usage obviously got Urban Meyer in a lot of trouble. Urban Meyer's just a, a fucking creep bully that he's going to be shit canned. There's no way you could hold on to him. You have, he is absolutely – Trevor Lawrence has had one of the worst seasons by a top quarterback – in NFL history, a top drafted quarterback. I mean, when's the last time you saw somebody fail this miserably that had this kind of uh, um, pedigree, right? Trevor Lawrence has been groomed to be a starting NFL quarterback forever, like just forever. It, this was, he, he's the chosen one. And Jacksonville has done everything they can and specifically urban Meyer to thwart him and to retard his growth and development significantly. It's awful. I mean, it's just bad. We've seen bad quarterbacks. You know, Peyton Manning was had, he had flashes. I'll I'll argue that to the day I die, but the interception numbers alone were terrible for Peyton Manning. We've seen turnovers. Turnovers are bad and they're very disruptive, but they're not, and a young quarterback, it's not the end of the world. You look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's turning the ball over a lot this year. He's not crushing his team. He's well, he's thrown a couple bad, bad, bad interceptions. But there's also so much flash and so much good flashed. So many positive plays, whether it's um identifying the defenses, changes, changing the formation or tempo at the line of scrimmage, identifying where pressure is coming from, throwing the hot routes, um, getting in sync with his receivers and running backs, uh, uh, all of it. Like Joe Burrow shows all of it. And he showed it his rookie year last year with Cincinnati before the knee injury, right? And he's made a big step in year two. Justin Herbert, huge step in year two. Nothing. Trevor Lawrence in year one has shown nothing. You, you have to have the year two growth. If you don't have year two growth, as a starting quarterback, you, you're pretty much done. So find me a quarterback that had that regressed their second year in the National Football League, and I'll show you a guy. I'll show you a quarterback that uh, didn't start for much longer after that, and didn't get that big second contract that they all covet. So year two is going to be huge, and this this class of rookie QBs has been fucking terrible, Lawrence. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, I, just awful, really, really bad. I mean, the best rookie quarterback this year, I know you guys, Mac Jones, no, fuck you. Mac Jones is fine. He's done what he's needed to do. Not Mac Jones hasn't done anything wrong. But if you're going to sit back and think Mac Jones has shown you anything, you're an idiot. You're just an idiot. All right. I'm sorry. I know I'm, I'm supposed to be nice, but I can't be nice. The best rookie quarterback this year, Davis Mills. What? What the fuck? Davis Mills. I'm sorry. I, if, if we have to answer that question, honestly, and you, you don't grade quarterbacks based on 
their yardage totals, touchdown interception ratio. These are things that veteran quarterbacks, yeah, you measure them by quarterback rating. With a rookie quarterback, you got to understand there's going to be mistakes and some horrendous mistakes that impact it. But you want to see steps as well. You got to see something on the positive side. And I, Davis Mills is the quarterback that has shown the most of all the rookies. Now, Justin Fields is starting. Last couple of games for Fields, again, he has been hurt, so we really haven't seen much. But Fields is a guy who's starting to finally pop a little bit and show some of that skill that we saw at uh, uh, Georgia and then Ohio State, right? He, he's, he looks like he is uh, starting to get it and get a hang of it. All right, running a lot more and using his leg, using his athleticism. Uh, what I love about Fields is that he does throw the ball downfield. He's pushing it. He's aggressive. So you, you, rookie quarterbacks, you need that from them because quarterback position, once you know too much, you become scared and timid and you don't want to put the ball in risk. Look what Kyler Murray's doing. Everything's safe and underneath and ugh, just it doesn't attack the defense you're playing defense on offense when you're like that as a quarterback. So, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, Davis Mills, Mac Jones gets the highest grade, but in terms he's got the best coaching and he's in the best on the best team overall. And all that is because of coaching. Whereas Davis Mills has dog shit around him and it's showing something. It's not, it's nothing. It's not, he's not going to be a starter in the league. But if, this, if you were to grade this year alone, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, none of these fuckers are starters, should be starting in the league. None of them. None of them should be starting. They're garbage. And that's what happens when you get shitty coaching. And Urban Meyer is the absolute king of that. Matt Nagy's not too far behind. Matt Nagy has had success, at least at the NFL level, has a coach of the year award, has a 12-1 season, uh, had the Bears in position of play, two playoff appearances. At least he's got something. Urban Meyer's got nothing. Wow, you picked on kids. Way to go, buddy. You're a big man. Wow, very cool. Well, otherwise, Urban Meyer's just a loaf of shit. That's all he is, and He's going to be shit canned very soon. He'll go to some major school. Maybe he goes to Oklahoma or, or something. And uh, I think Oklahoma named their coach already, but you know, finds somewhere he goes, Notre Dame. Now Notre Dame actually promoted defensive coordinator. Thank God, wherever, you know, Urban Meyer will find something. He'll weasel his way in somewhere, but I haven't been able to talk about it. I find it terrible. Uh, blames everybody else. And, Everyone else is to blame for his assistant. I've never seen a head coach blame their assistant coaches for their players ever in my life. It's breathtaking. It's amazing to watch. I mean, these are things that are stunning to hear from an NFL head coach or any level head coach. Like it's just stunning. Bernie Parmalee is the reason James Robinson wasn't in the game with the fun game. What are you even talking about? What are you even talking about? I forgot Trey Lance and all this. Trey Lance, where the hell is he gone? He's non-existent. What a terrible pick by the 49ers, by the way. And what a terrible, when you think about it, what a terrible pick. Could the 49ers use Patrick Sertain at this point? Wouldn't that have been kind of a better Micah Parsons, right? Elijah Vera Tucker, Sean Slater, Zaven Collins. There's a lot of the, the 49ers are a pretty good team that have a that had a lot of they've specifically defense like certain or parsons they could have had either one of them simple and they didn't even have to give up next year's number one to get it but they draft trey lance it's, it's bad pick at the time it's done nothing i mean obviously nothing right now and a year in in Shannon's system, I think Lance could be fine, but I, he's not even getting a chance to show anything. It just it's just a bad pick, you know that that's a pick. The 49ers did a pick as if they're rebuilding the whole thing, and they are going to yeah they're in a two year three year rebuild type situation. Give up a couple picks, but you get your guy in the future. Um, 
But now, I mean, if you win anything, if they make the NFC playoffs and God forbid, win a game or two, how do you really get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo and that? What's your basis for it even? And okay, we might not care because a lot of us just play Madden football and well, we're replacing an 85 overall with an 86 overall. So it's fine. No, the locker room, the coaches, the receivers, these block, the offensive alignment, they care. They will care and be like, what the fuck are you doing here? And nobody will, they'll stop believing in the coach and in the front office, quite honestly. So, um, yeah, forgot all about uh, even Trey Lance. Doesn't even exist in our world right now, uh, as far as the rookie quarterback class is concerned. So, yeah, that's that. Urban Meyer, he's a weasel. Uh, just could not dis- not respect a, a person more. I, I can't. Whether Whatever the Josh Lambeau story, I'll, I believe Lambeau until somebody comes out and discredits it. And we've seen it with his wife, and he's at the bar, and, you know, during the bye week. He, this guy's just – he is a classic snake oil salesman. He's just the absolute classic of it. He's perfect. Um, So there you go. Some other news around the National Football League, things that uh, may impact us this week. Well, one thing definitely impact. COVID's going to impact it. I'm not going to get into the COVID who's testing positive and negative because it's every day. By the time you listen to this, like if I'm live on the radio, I have no problem announcing it to you because you guys are listening and we have a realization. But in podcast form to tell you the, oh, right now, this guy – because he could be back by now. Uh, last week, I was talking to Michael Hasty. had a boner for this guy. I loved this guy last week at this point of, of this podcast recording. And what happened by the time we got to Saturday, I wanted no piece of him because Debo Samuel had come back and, um, and, and um, uh, Jeff Wilson was going to get the quote starts. So it's just now. And that's how fast things change. But the one thing that won't change is DeAndre Hopkins uh, likely to miss the rest of the regular season worried about Hopkins in general. Like th- this guy has never, he's been an iron horse. He's been just an absolute beast his entire career. And um, you got to start wondering now he goes out to, he comes to Arizona and you know this guy who used to be a warrior can't seem to stay healthy ever. He didn't finish several games last year. He's played in, I think he's playing 10 games out of 14 thus far this year or out of 13 this year. And he's left three of those early didn't play. So, you know, I'm going to do a study this off season about players who get big contracts, wide receivers and, and running backs specifically and tight ends, because we've seen it McCaffrey. We're seeing it with, um, Hell, Delvin Cook. Cook looked great last week, but he missed, he's been missing time. Now he came back and kudos to him, but he missed time last year, missed time this year. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is like this. Look at fucking Odell Beckham, who, who was uh, like that as well. So, I mean, this just keeps happening. Guys get big contracts and it all just goes away. You know, they stop playing, they, they're start being used as emergency only. If we make the playoffs, we, we need you. Otherwise you're not part of our football team. So, um, you know, not, not a good look. I worry that the Cardinals are taking it too easy on him. I mean, Cardinals just lost home field advantage on Monday night. They had a golden opportunity to go up two games in the, uh, um, divi- well, three games in the division, clinch division, clinch a playoff spot in the NFC and they couldn't seal the deal against the Rams and really never weren't really that close most of the way through, except when having to play catch up, which is something Kyler Murray does when Kyler Murray's pressured, that guy wilts like a flower, right? Like a stick of butter in the microwave just turns to, to pudding. And the Cardinals have been resting guys a lot this whole year. And now you get Connor banged up for real. And Hopkins is obviously he's got issues here with the, it's a knee injury now, not even the ankle. So um, if, if that's the case, there's an injury here. If you're just holding them out to hold them out thinking, Oh, you'll just get it. You'll be that much better. Come, 
playoff time. Well, look at what Hopkins did on Monday night after sitting out the, the previous couple games. Ball goes right off his fucking face mask, doing, and he couldn't uh, couldn't catch the ball. And huge catches that he dropped. Yeah, uh, so I worry about organizations that do these types of things. Um, the guy who steps up, in my opinion, with Hopkins out is likely Christian Kirk. Explain this on the radio a little bit there. Um, uh, how that everybody will go to. AJ green, most likely, but Kyler Murray is doing this thing where he's doing a lot of timing routes. It's the old Mike Martz timing route offense, Kurt Warner and Trent green. And these guys that would throw to a spot on the field. And it was the receiver's job to get to that spot at this specific time. The problem with it is when you've got defensive backs who do enough film study and have enough speed or any combination thereof, like, they can get to that spot before the receiver and it creates big turnovers because you're just kind of lofting the ball up. And we saw that a lot on Monday and it did not look good. A couple he dropped in there made some beautiful throws, Kyler Murray, but, but it, it, that those types of routes are a Christian Kirk benefit as opposed to AJ green. So I do like Kirk more than green rest of the season. So, um, yeah, there, there you go. Um, yeah, that that's the majority. That's the big news uh, around the National Football League. Obviously, COVID's going on and and all that. We also have a deal in Philadelphia. What the hell's going on with Jalen Hurts versus Gardner Minshew? They're both splitting um, time. I, I just don't understand that at all. Um, <laughs> I can't. I don't know just very strange that they come back from bye week or they went in the bye week with Jalen hurts being the guy, no matter what. Yes. He, should, he almost could have played two Sundays ago. And now there's a quarterback controversy, evidently. Uh, okay. Just another team and organization that just never seems to have their shit together. Never seems to have it together for whatever the reason is. All right, let's get into the week 14 last week's recap. Uh, let's talk about the core four in daily fantasy if we can for a moment, because you know there's there's a lot to talk about and recap from last week. A lot of things I don't have time for on the radio that I can do in this, and mostly swear and curse and yell at people. So I'll take this opportunity to do that. This the the core four last week: Josh Allen, Josh Jacobs, Jerry Judy, and Travis Kelsey. They scored a combined 55 points, okay? Now, 35 of those points were uh, from Josh Allen. So, yeah, 65% of them were Josh Allen. uh, And the other three did nothing. So, a lot of people want to come at me. That's another thing I don't really – I don't understand that kind of mentality either, right? Um, Where I can tell – there are people that just want to go at me. They, I guess they hear me on the radio or some are even subscribers and in our chats and stuff. And they don't, they get threatened by my confidence and they don't like it. And I don't like uh, my attitude, the way I carry myself or whatever it is. They, they get mad or whatever. And so thus they kind of just sit in the weeds and wait and just want to say, want to announce via social media that I'm terrible or I got a pick wrong or something like that. It's, I don't have any problem with somebody saying, Hey man, you fucking Travis Kelsey sucked or Jerry Judy sucked or your core four sucked. whatever, say whatever you got to say. It's the weirdness of ignoring the truth and spinning it in a negative way like that. You, you can't spin it when we had a positive core four, even though it's one player that did all the work, it still was a positive core four. It was, you know, 55 points, everybody. When you have the uh, pay lines on FanDuel, FanDuel points were 105, 104, 105 points. Talking 55%. 
you know, 50, not even 50% of your line out got 55% of the point that that's plenty. That's what you're right on pace to win. You sh- very well should have. And a lot of our subscribers did win as a result of core four. So <laughs> it's, I mean, this is not the time to say how shitty it was. Cause it wasn't, it did it get saved by one player, one amazing, and not only one player, that's another thing. Everybody wrote it off in the first half of last week's game and Josh Allen came back and smashed. I said, he'd be the number one player going into last week. I said it all during the week. I said, he was the one player we couldn't fade. And all of it was true. All that came through. And if we did fade him, we we're fucked. We were screwed, but he didn't. <laughs> and it came through. So Again, they have to wait another week for the uh, for the real negatives because we were saved by one guy. It's like a couple early in the season. This happened when um, we used who do we use at Seattle? Why do I keep thinking it was fucking Adrian Peterson? It wasn't Adrian Peterson, but I'm blanking on who it was. Or Derrick Henry. That was it. Remember that was it. It was like week two. If you can believe this, back in. Yeah, week two of the season, uh, Derrick Henry had a very underperforming week one, right? He's kind of like, eh, ho-hum, fine. And coming off the 2,000-yard season, he had, you know, 58 yards against Arizona, so on. that was it. And he started out slow. It was an afternoon game at Seattle, and we, we've been targeting all year against Seattle with our running backs. And we used Derrick Henry in the core four, and people didn't like it that much. And uh, I think the rest of the core four was pretty bad that game, but we had Derrick Henry and we were losing all the way through. And now people are yelling at me. We, we smashed in week one. Everybody oh, hated me a week two. And then this thing happened. And that thing was Derrick Henry went fucking nuts. He ran for like 120, 130 yards in the second half alone, three touchdowns. He caught six passes for 55 yards. I believe I'm not hundred percent sure, but I believe it was the high, one of the highest scoring games by running back all season. Um, that's what I am pretty sure it's one of them. I'll have to double check on that for you, but uh, you know, a monster fucking game. Oh, it was, it was second to Jonathan Taylor against Buffalo a few weeks back, but yeah, Derek Henry 47.7 points. And guess what? We won. And the narrative is then spun. Oh, it's saved by one player. Yeah, we did. Yes, we did, but that's what you do. Sometimes it's the one player. Results matter, and the results are what they were. All right, so anyway, um, I mean, that's my thoughts coming out of that. DFS, wait till everything's over. Core four is a building block. The core four is not supposed to be the four highest scoring players. I could easily do that. That doesn't take any work. I hope you guys understand that. See, it's so strange how I, I shouldn't be surprised that folks don't get it. Cause if everybody understood the game theory element of daily fantasy football, then you would know you would, it'd be a lot harder of a game. I suppose there wouldn't be skilled players and non-skilled players, right? They're just, everybody would know. And it'd be, uh, um, a lot tougher, but the fact that their edge exists is because people don't understand it's the paying up for Travis Kelsey, why that matters. And Kelsey sucked this week, but George Kittle didn't. And if you paid up for Kittle, then you hit it last two weeks. You crushed it. Paying up always is better. Your 11 point Austin Hooper victory lap doesn't mean anything. Cause you're not winning. It doesn't help you win 11 points. Even at, it doesn't matter what salary. You fall in love with value so much. Value is wonderful as long as it gets you where you need to go. And if you you pay down in order to pay up somewhere else, if that got you Josh Allen or Alvin Kamara, awesome. But if you didn't, if you used Austin Hooper instead of George Kittle this week, you're down about 20 points or 15 points. And then who did you pay? Who were you going to use versus who you paid up for? 
you didn't get, and then did you get 15 points out of it? Cause if you did, you're, you're even now, now you're just even with what you should have done in the first place. Then you have to outscore that. So you really have to make up about 30 points. That's the element that gets lost on folks so often in the daily game. And it's what we do at elitefantasy.com. It's why we're good at what we do. The other element here is that went into week 14 is defense and special teams. And I went on, I have a soundbite at Sirius XM fantasy's Twitter feed. They posted the sound. I don't post the sound, by the way, you fucking people, man. You guys think that I, I'm like in charge of the world. Like I say, I am Jeff Vance. I sit on my tower and I decree post the sound. No, for one, Phil Backard posts that sound and Phil is great at knowing what's going to get a rise out of people. And he has my complete and utter trust. He's going to do that. And it's good for the station. It's good for interactions. It's good for get people mad. They love that shit. Right. I'm not trying to do that. The way that the sounds are clipped and things, it's not like we're, I'm not trying to do that. I say what I say. I stand behind what I say, but it got people so worked up. So go listen to it. I said, Play fantasy football like an adult and use individual defensive players. And if you don't like individual defensive players, cool. Stop using defense and special teams. Defense and special teams is terrible. It's just a terrible premise. And what bothers me is, uh, you know, a lot of folks, some of you came up, you said to me, said, man, fuck you. I like defense and special teams. Everybody in my league likes defense and special teams. And to which I respond, okay, cool. Play the way you ultimately, yes, of course I support. And every play the way you want to play. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. If you like dynasty, if you like best ball, if you play the form that you like, of course. However, that that's you when you have a choice, you can choose anything kickers you could have all kickers it doesn't you can do whatever you want but i'm talking from a monetary standpoint i'm talking about high stakes fantasy football leagues i'm talking about daily fantasy these are the types of contests that when you use a unit like defense and special teams this is where you're giving into variance because there is no way to properly project defense and special teams scoring there's ways to guess, but you're never guessing 25 points like the Chiefs, Titans, Cowboys all put up this past week. You're never going to do that. So if you project them for six, they get 20. It, again, you're never making that up. Think how many of you lost your matchups because of that this past week. It sucks to go against a defense like that. And some people thought, oh, well, Mans must have lost out on the Chiefs. No, it's the opposite happened. I use the Chiefs in GPP. That means guaranteed prize pool. It's a tournament. So I won money. Uh, not quite five, oh, four figures, mid four figures of money, you know, $5,500. No, 45, I'm sorry, $4,500 on using the Chiefs defense on an otherwise kind of, eh, kind of shitty lineup, to be honest. The lineup was fine. Had Josh Allen, but that was really about it but Chiefs defense. And so I benefited from it. Now I could, I should have, and it, it either I can be honest, tell the truth and what I really feel, or I guess I should have just taken the credit like other people do, like think I'm a fucking swami. Like I'm able to, oh, you know how I landed on the Chiefs defense. I built my lineup and then, I had $3,700 left over and the highest def- the best defense for that amount of money was the chiefs, which were right at 3,700. So I left a zero balance. Perfect. Fit perfectly in my lineup. I didn't care. I didn't think much of it. Right. So, um, yeah, that's, that's just it. Um, so I'm, you can't l- let people win a million dollars because they hit on a defense. That's dumb. And the reason it's dumb is that's 22 players that comprise one position. When you say defense and special teams, you are giving credit for the defense side of the ball, 11 starters, 
The special team side, 11 people. If they return a kick, you get points for that. Why? A kick return, there, there is nothing more random than a kick return, punt return. There's nothing. It's the worst thing probably in all the sports, to be honest. It's so ridiculous. But here we are. Then you're going to give credit one position for 11 people on a defense. So, like, tell me how the skill is. If you're breaking down a game and you're doing your work properly and you say, okay, I love this matchup this week. You know, we, we've got a uh, offensive, a weak offensive lineman against a very aggressive edge rusher, a guy who allows a lot of sacks or something like that, or whatever, whoever that may be. Um, Miles Garrett, you know, Miles Garrett's going against fucking Bobby Massey or somebody and like, okay, this is fantastic. And I think this guy is going to ball out and thus I'm going to use, it's a great pass rush. They, this team gets the most sacks in the national football league, right? That's another one. Everyone's all oh, the most sacks. Cause that's, that's kind of what you look for. Low scoring and most sacks. Um, Okay. Why, you know, it's 2021. Why can't you figure out, oh, I like this team because they get a lot of sacks, but it's, it's Jadavion Clowney, it's Miles Garrett that are getting those sacks. Why isn't that, why aren't we able to do that? Um, by the way, if anybody, do you guys know who has the highest sack percentage in the National Football League? I bet you don't. Most people do not at this point. Those who have been paying attention are close because the Vikings have been up there number one all season long. They've dropped to second. Chicago Bears are first. Right? Chicago, you know, over the last four games, who has the highest sack percentage by almost double other defenses? New York Jets. <laughs> yeah, over 12%. So you're going to say some shit about the Jets, aren't you? Because they're number, they're terrible in DVOA everything but they get sacks and they've gotten fantasy points so what, what do you do everybody oh no that's I, I spend four hours a week just breaking down defense and special teams and every week it just comes out fucking random i could have just put ping pong balls in a spinner in my washing machine or my dryer and spit out teams and, and, and rank them it, it would have been almost better it's it's that degree of randomness the people that think they have an advantage on it don't really have an advantage. And that's the scariest part. Um, the other element. So you're not, you, if you say miles Garrett is going to have, you know, or you're going to use the Browns defense because miles Garrett. Okay. You know, that's smart. Good. I, you you're getting an edge there or whatever. So what if Ronnie Harrison of safety gets two sacks in a game? And what if he got a sack, a strip sack, a fumble recovery? You would have never saw that coming. You used it because of Clowney, or I'm sorry, Garrett, either one, Clowney or Garrett. And it's the strong safety that blitzed on the outside. You didn't. So you were wrong, but still benefit. Again, on the offensive side of the ball, it's the equivalent on the offensive side of the football to say it's, I love the, um, I, I, or I love, uh, fucking Dalvin cook or whatever, any, any running back in the world. I love Dalvin cook. Let's say Nick Chubb. Let's keep it with the Browns. I love Nick Chubb, right? I love, okay. You love the Chubb. I love the running game. They're placed in Vegas, bad team against the run. Okay. 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 And then Andy Janovich, the fullback scores two touchdowns and you're like, Oh, cool. That's awesome because I get those points for Nick Chubb because it's a run because I love the running game. So wait, wait, what? You don't get you don't get those points. I, mean, I could have used Cream Hunt, probably a better example, but I wanted to go to the extreme. Why would you get those? You don't get those points. That's the same with defensive special teams. You make a bad call and nothing goes the way you think, but you're saved because somebody else on the defense. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's not what fantasy is. Fantasy sports, if you want to do that, you we all can do it. It's called sports betting. Just bet on the team. No problem. If you think the offense as a whole or defense as a whole is going to do great or bad, either way, bet on them, bet against them. Boom, you win. Yes, do that. 
That's what it is. The part I don't like is I got into this with some fantasy baseball people. The base, fantasy baseball community does not want to change it, and that's fine. Again, everybody play their own thing, but they're trying to – so I said it's the equivalent – playing te- team defense and special teams is equivalent to team bullpens for closers in fantasy baseball. And for those who don't follow baseball or fantasy baseball, we don't do that in the fantasy baseball committee. It's individual players, right? You, you use your, you know, use that team, you use a closer uh, in that you don't get the whole, if somebody else comes in and gets a save, you don't get it. If you don't have Craig Kimbrell, if uh, Liam Hendricks comes in and closes the game out, you don't get a save because you had somebody who was designated closer of the team. No, it has to be that guy. And that's, and I said, well, why don't you use team bullpen? Oh, it's not the same. Yeah, it is. And the argument made me cringe because they said there's only one pitcher on the mound. So only one of a position. Meanwhile, there's 11 defensive players. And to me, that's like, holy shit. That is basically a child's version of explaining football. I had to go back and say, you, you understand that out of those 11, it's, there's 11 men in a bullpen. One closes the game. In football, there's only one left defensive end. There's one right defensive end. There's a defensive tackle. There's a weak side linebacker called the will linebacker. There's a strong side linebacker called the Sam linebacker. There's a strong safety. There's a free safety. There's a left cornerback, a right cornerback, a slot cornerback, slot left, slot left. There's a nickel. There's a dime. There are a lot. Everybody does, despite Many, many people having never played football, evidently, in their lives, this, that anybody who's played football, for somebody to tell me that they're just all defensive players and it doesn't matter is, wow, that's terrible. That's just obviously not knowing what this is about, right? It's not knowing the game of football. You don't even know what football is, evidently. Because it's not the same thing. These aren't the same positions. So there you go. I, I mean, those are my thoughts uh, on the defensive specialty teams. It's got to go. It's just way past it. We ran a poll, by the way, um, and I didn't run the poll, so I didn't have any kind of influence. I let the, uh, my friend Larry Schechter, a fancy baseball guy, he ran the poll, 29.2% of people said, um, which they, by the way, this is preferred, you know, in fancy football leagues, do you prefer having, and the options were defensive special teams, individual defensive players, IDP, both are good or both are bad. Well, 29% of defensive special teams, again, preference, 21.7% said IDP. So, that is pretty darn close between the two of them. However, here's the discrepancy. Both are good was 11%. So that makes about a 40% total on defensive special teams or just have both. When it comes to both are bad, won this poll by a landslide 38.1%. So realistically, both are bad or IDP had 60% of this vote versus defense special teams at 29.2. Or if you combine them with both are good, uh, which I, I mean, again, both are good. You should technically give to IDP half of it and half should go to special teams, but I'll give it all the defensive special teams only it's still 60, 40 split. And that's on a fantasy baseball person's profile and his audience. It's not even my people. So that tells you nobody likes defensive special teams. And those that do, you can play it. We just got to take it out of all the money contests because the randomness is just some add a, add a flex spot. Do that and you'll be much better off. Okay. Um, there we go. All right. Um, boy, I was going to get into holiday thoughts and everything. I'll do that probably on next week's show. I did want to talk about my own teams. Damn it. I, I, I've lectured too long here. Um, let me dig out my paperwork. On all, I have 20 fantasy football leagues this season. I wanted to make sure I documented uh, how I've done. I 
missed the playoffs in I actually made the playoffs what um 16 out of 20 I made the playoffs I my worst team was 4 and 10 that was the my elite sports listener league they kicked the shit out of me and I knew it at the draft that's one I just knew my second worst was 5 and 9 that was my HOFL Hall of Fantasy League that's a bummer cuz that was my best team best drafted team McCaffrey Hopkins Fucking Eckler, fucking, uh, I mean, that team is is so freaking good. My, my team, like, listen to my team in that league, and you tell me at the beginning of the season, um, McCaffrey, Eckler, Hopkins, Allen Robinson, obviously that went down, CeeDee Lamb, Mark Andrews, Cortland Sutton, Mike Davis. I mean, look, at I mean, these guys are uh, Raheem Mostert. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, <laughs> either one of those guys stay healthy, right? I had Shuba Hubbard. I drafted him to handcuff to McCaffrey, and he worked out. Think of how good that Gasecki, second tight end with Andrews. I mean, that, my problem was quarterback. My quarterbacks wound up being Roethlisberger, Daniel Jones, Justin Fields. I had Deshaun Watson. We drafted this early. Obviously never had him all season. I also drafted Taysom Hill, who didn't get the job in time to save me. So that team is loaded, but it was my second worst team. Um, six and seven, uh, another team eliminated. I was seven and seven on the HYBC league. I got into the playoffs. I don't know why we started last week, but I was seven and six, I should say. And I was, I got eliminated in playoffs last week. So ended at seven and seven. Um, and then my home league, I had a win and a playoff spot. And then Sony Michelle lost one yard and I lost my game by 0.08. That's the true. It's the worst loss I've ever suffered in fantasy football. I've never had an instance where I won the game and then a player kept playing and I lost it. And that was it. And that's what happened. It was the, most surreal thing I've ever experienced. And it's heartbreaking because uh, it's a big money league. And I, I like, that's my longstanding home league. And um, it's my home league. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> that's the one that we all want to win. Right. So um, that was that. So those are the leagues. Um, every other league that, that league, I'm six and seven. We do have one more week technically in that league, but I'm in third place in my division and I don't have a path to, making it to the playoffs, unfortunately, which really sucks, but is what it is. It's just, you know, that's what freaking happens. Um, anyway, in the rest of the leagues, then I have uh, eight and six. I have one, two, three, four, eight, and six teams. One, two, three, four, four, nine, and five teams. One, two, three, four, ten, and four teams. Pretty unbelievable when you really think about it. That's crazy. Four, one, two, wait, let me see. One, two, three. Yeah, four, eight, and six, four, nine, and five, four, ten, and four, and then two, eleven, and three, and a twelve and two squad. Um, my total should have been one seventy one and one oh nine, but it's one seventy and one ten. Sixty one percent winning percentage over the uh, the course of that time. So again, I'm still in fifteen different leagues. I'm fighting to the end in a um, couple high stakes leagues. All my high stakes leagues have not been eliminated yet. That's kind of fun. So it'll be exciting. Hopefully win some championships here and close it out. Um, so I'm why that's important. Number one, I think it's transparency, of course. And then number two is that I'm still fighting for everybody. I'm still fighting for, I'm still here. I'm in the trenches with you. I'm looking at this COVID situation in the NFL. I'm trying to make those moves, those start sits that you need. I'm here for you at Jeff underscore man's fantasy guru, elite fantasy elite sports betting. We're still doing this. So if you're still in it and fight with you, if you're not in it in your season leagues, I'm in it for DFS and sports betting. We go all the way through the Super Bowl, baby. No questions about it. And uh, a lot of money out there to be won. A lot. Of, if you out of it in your playoffs, I always say, fuck it. It's still plenty of time to make this the best fantasy football season yet. Just come on over to the dark side, play some daily, win some real money. Win real things. I say it on the radio all the time. I'll say it again. Win real things. And at this time of year, this week is my favorite week of the season to win. Why? Because I love putting money in my subscribers' pockets right before the holiday. 
you spend it, you have credit card bills rolling in. I know how it is. Nothing better, man. I, I've had million dollar winners in week 15 before. Um, we're the week before Christmas and it's amazing. It's life-changing for people. $10,000 winners, $100,000 winners. I love it. It's the best fucking time there is. So uh, we're, we're dead fast, steadfast on it this week. You'll get a full write up. Everything's normal. Even with the Saturday games, no bye weeks anymore. Thank goodness. We do have a lot of players off in the DFS side of things um, with Kansas city and LA Vegas, Cleveland, New England, Indianapolis, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, all off the main slate, but uh, make some good showdown slates there as well. Also want to say that for those looking forward to Christmas week, very important. I put this in the article at elitefantasy.com. I will be off on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. It's only two days of the year that I take off. I will not be away on being at home, family, all that good stuff. I will check in in our Discord. I will check in on Twitter. And, and I, if you need something, if there's starts and sits, there's there's I know there's Christmas Day games. I will be around for you, okay? But the write-up for DFS is not going to be my usual long-winded. It's 10,000 words every, uh, every week. Christmas week, I'm just writing the names of players. All the work's going to be done. All the regular matchups, all the statistical analysis, it's all going to be done. But there's, I hope everybody understands, it's a mere numbers game. I am running all my models, all my simulations, all the statistical modeling I do for every position, every game, making my projections, making my rankings, and then in, uh, filtering everybody out into the player pool for daily fantasy. Okay. Now, it takes time, a lot of time, for me to write the article because I have to transcribe what the data is telling me. And what, according to my overall cash game rating system, put those onto the paper, put the prices down, put the reasoning behind it so everybody understands where I'm coming from. Okay. So that uh, it takes me all week. I do one position a day and write it all up. Um, and then go back and uh, I will not be able to do that next week. I'm going to list the players. I will tell you the players. You're going to have to trust me that the reasoning is sound. And if you've got specifics, I'll hit up Discord and do it. But uh, it's a big week. Christmas is a big holiday. It's the biggest holiday there is. My kids are getting older. And um, bottom line is I'm not going to take away from those couple of days. Um, it's the only days of the year. Again, my birthday Easter morning, I do live streams for baseball and I work 4th of July nights, miss the fireworks constantly. I miss my kids' birthdays and uh, basketball games and dance recital. I, I miss a lot during the course of a year. Uh, Thanksgiving, I did my full article. I did an extra write-up. I was in Discord, in chats, on live streams, on the radio. I do all that. Two days a year, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, I will not budge from that. I'll still be around. But that's where you find me. That's just how it's going to be. If you want to yell at me, yell at me. I'll take it, but it's not going to change. All right. Starts and sits for this week. Uh, again, this is as of Wednesday night. A lot's going to change. I have a feeling But the quarterback position for, uh, for us this week, I'm going to start Jalen Hurts if he starts. It's Gardner Minshew and him splitting time. I believe Hurts will start. I don't like this news, but I am going to start him. I am going to start Lamar Jackson if he plays against Green Bay. I'm not going to start uh, Tyler Huntley. I'm not going to start Huntley um, if Jackson is out against the Packers. I won't go that far. And I will also not start Minshew if Hurts is out. Okay. I don't mind Minshew I have over Huntley if that happens, but I like Burrow. I like Cousins more. If so I like Hertz and Lamar Jackson and Burrow and Cousins ahead of Taysom Hill. But if either Hertz or Jackson don't play, that moves Taysom Hill up ahead of those backups. Okay. So he's kind of the odd man out, as is Russell Wilson this week. I have him right behind Taysom Hill. So he can move up to top 12, but that's where I have him for this time. I have Tua. Tua is a good streamer against the Jets. I mentioned Jets have a lot of sacks lately. That defense isn't as bad 
as you think, but I have him 18th behind Wentz and Garoppolo and Carr, Russ and Taysom Hill at the running back position this week. Uh, players I am starting, I'm gonna start Zeke. Man, unless you have incredibly better options, I'm starting Zeke, I'm starting Gibson, I'm starting Jacobs, Daryl Henderson, if he's back against Seattle, absolutely. Elijah Mitchell, if he's back against Atlanta, absolutely. Miles um, Gaskin against the Jets, absolutely. On that, well, we have to make sure he's off the COVID list, of course. I, I'm projecting him to be off that by then, so we'll see. Um, and Rashad Penny against the Ram, Rams. He's my number 24. I have Penny. Uh, right now ahead of Melvin Gordon, Chuba Hubbard, Miles Sanders, Cordero Patterson. You guys know I'm never really high on him either. So those are the starts and sits at the running back position at wide receiver this week. Um, do like Van Jefferson. I always do. Do like Chase Claypool, even though everybody hates him after his meltdown at the end of that. Uh, last Thursday game Darnell Mooney against the Minnesota Vikings yes I'm starting him Michael Pittman against a tough New England defense yes I am going to start him Russell Gage against San Francisco absolutely in there as well um Jerry Judy against Cincinnati Judy let us down big time but he squeezes in he's number wide receiver 35 on my board this week players outside of the top 36 josh reynolds just misses against arizona tyler boyd against denver kenny galladay jamison crowder michael gallup amon ross st brown kj osborne it's a good matchup against the bears but i do have them outside top 36 this week so there you go at tight end um, tight ends are easy to go through here i really like ricky seals jones needs to be healthy um Bates kind of played a lot more than I thought he would so that's a situation we have to watch I think it was because Ricky Seals Jones was banged up this past week but Philadelphia is just absolutely atrocious against the tight end position so that Washington tight end is a very very intriguing spot for us uh this week so let's keep an eye on uh on that see what happens um between Ricky Seals Jones and John Bates. The other starts, Zach Ertz were starting, Mike Gusecki were starting. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, assuming he comes back, was out last week, should be back against Arizona. He is starting, and Noah Fant starting. Dawson Knox, Austin Hooper. Hooper's on the COVID list, so it's not going to matter much. Dalton Schultz, Pat Fryermuth, all on the outside looking in. All right, the betting for week number 15. Well, Survivor, still banging away at Survivor. Love Survivor contest. There's so much fun to do. Had a couple hiccups on the site. Was fortunate enough, and I got bounced in our staff one. I got bounced in, um, I got my big money one. I am out, and uh, this is another uh, $100 entry, but um, $50 entry. So it's not that high stakes, but it was pretty good. But this one I'm still in. So one out of three. I'm going 49ers. Lock it down. I've used a lot of these other teams, uh, you know, ideal teams to use this week. Buffalo, Arizona, very, very good. Uh, I don't love Dallas. The spread is high on that. I don't love them. I just don't. I would like the Rams, to be honest. Truth be told, I like the Rams. You have the Rams, use him. I used them early in the season, though, but I love it. So I would rank him. I think Arizona against Detroit is number one. I think that number two would probably be the Rams. Yeah, I'd probably go Rams second, Tampa third, Buffalo fourth, and then the team that I'm going to use, which is the 49ers against Atlanta. It's not, not, not a guarantee. It's not without risk. I just don't have any. Other ones that I don't have Dallas, even I don't think I would use them. I'm not using Cleveland. I'm not using, you know, so I'm not going to use New England against Indianapolis. So 49ers it is. Don't let me down, Jimmy G. My bet of the week, it's the LA Rams. The LA Rams right now, because of the COVID situation there, they're only four and a half point favorites. This spread opened up at seven. So four and a half, we're getting a great bargain on our money. Yes, the Rams have COVID issues, but this is a team that at home 
the referees will not let them lose. You can't let the Rams out. And they could be over most of their COVID issues by Sunday anyway. I'm taking the four and a half. They're going to win by over touchdown. So the spread should be seven still. It's a four and a half. Take it. And then my upset special. Number one thing this time of year, every single fantasy player, every single bet you make, you have to ask yourself, what are they playing for? What is it? What's the inspiration? What is the motivation? I hate this game with a white hot passion. But I think the Texans beat the Jaguars. The Jaguars are hate their coach. They hate everything about life right now. They're at home and they're three and a half point favorites. Fuck that. Houston's playing strong. I gave them a shout out on my Monday Sirius XM show. This team is so unbelievably bad. But the coaching staff has them motivated, and they keep playing, and they're in every single game. They're a much better team at this stage than the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I think that's well worth an upset. Is a team that's still trying versus a team that cannot wait for the season to end and their coach to go bye bye. So going Texans over the Jaguars as my upset special. All right, folks, that's going to do it. It's episode 96 in the books, everybody. I do want to wish each and every one of you a happy holiday. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. I know it's over now. Uh, Kwanzaa and every other happy new year, all the holidays, special time of year. Take the time, spend it with your family, do something right. Put some positivity out in the world because you know, way too much negativity out there, everybody. Just way too much. So let's not contribute to that. Let's be uh, a part of a new generation that you know combats that that actually keeps with your um it keeps with the better projections so there you go all right folks that's it for me again follow me at jeff underscore mans on twitter the jeff mans facebook instagram snapchat and on tiktok you may disagree with some or everything that you heard on it today's show and it's perfectly all right why you know why because it was one man's opinion We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!